language, gross bugs, animal noises, and short outbursts of rage. listening to keep it weird the podcast for all things strange and unusual hairy and scary mammalian reptilian and alien and everything in between each week we have the pleasure of sitting down to chat about something weird this week we're going to be blowing each other's minds with stories from outside the human world as we enter into a different kingdom Welcome to the jungle, baby. We are talking about animals today. Scientific discoveries, behavioral studies, evolution happening right before our eyes. So, get your rabies shots, take your allergy medication, and if it's looking right at you, don't panic. My name is Ashley, and today I have a very special co-host who isn't going to get all the fanfare he always gets. I feel like maybe you've gotten a big head over the years, actually, so we're going to tone that one down today for the first time in Season 6. Handsome Joe, everybody! Hi! Wow, what an introduction! (laughs) Yeah, what a toned-down introduction. Yeah, seriously. Um, Have you fully accepted Handsome Joe yet? I, it's, I've... I've learned that that's not the hill I want to die on. Yeah, okay. I've stopped fighting a losing battle, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fully how listeners of this show refer to you. I know like, it they, is. no one ever says Joe. I they know. say Joe. I don't want to take Joe. anything away from anybody, but at the same time, I think think people can probably understand why it makes me feel uncomfortable. But you're so handsome. Well, that's nice of you to say. Thank you. I felt like I was <clears throat> slowly sliding into Adam Sandler there for a second. It's like, I uh, don't know why uh, people know think why I'm handsome. Uh, um, anyway. Hi. Anyway. Hello. It's, Hi. it's great to be here. Season six. Never looked better. Nope. Never looked better. Never been stronger. Never been stronger. Just plowing through, man. Truly. This is episode... Five of season six. Man, oh man! So it's episode two hundred and three or something. That crazy is crazy. You guys, you're in like officially Fraser territory here. Yeah, we're syndicated. Two hundred, yeah, two hundred episodes. You're syndicated almost twice over. Wouldn't that be nice? If they're like, oh, you've produced podcast syndication. Yeah, you've produced over probably at this point three hundred hours worth of content. Like mm-hmm. you should get something for that. Like you a should. like a prize. I'll get you something. Really? Yeah, I'll like I'll make you a trophy or something Aww, like that. That'd be so you deserve you deserve it. For those of you who don't know, actually, Joey has other nicknames. Do I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's hear them. This is news to me. <laughs> no, it's not. There's Joey backup. Joey, ba- okay. But self, I, I don't think that one counts. Yeah, because that's what you refer to yourself yeah. as yeah, when I, you do a good job backing up. Anybody needs a car backed into a tight spot? You know where to go. <laughs> you know I'm a Joey to backup. Call, call Joey backup. <sighs> 
There's also Joey Breadsticks. Joey Breadsticks, yeah. <laughs> which was given to you by listener Dave over on our other show, Thanks, Ask Dave. Me Everything. Joey Breadsticks. Which you can now find exclusively on the Keep It Weird Patreon. Uh, and then there's my favorite, I think everyone's favorite who knows you, there's Sangria Joe. Sangria, few people get to see Sangria <laughs> Very Joe. few people, but Sangria boy, oh boy. Joe, you can count, I, I can legitimately count on one hand how many times Sangria Joe's come out since the moniker was first bestowed upon me. Yeah. It's just, you know, when you're having one of those days, gang, those of you listening at home, when the the booze, whatever it is you're working on that day, it's just tastes like gold and it's going down <laughs> like water. And you were in such a good mood to begin with that with every sip of that potent potable, you just become a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's Sangria That's Joe. Sangria Joe. Yeah. Uh, that our friend Kelly, who's been on the show before and actually is coming on again this season, which is exciting. Um, she started that after you had had a couple glasses of sangria and became the funnest version of yourself. A couple glasses of sangria in like four minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was fast. <laughs> uh, so anyways, hi guys. We're going to be talking about animals today. Animal news. Animal. We're going to talk about animal news. Animal news, new discoveries. It's going to be fun. Uh, we did have we have a, had an animal episode before. It's true. We've had deep sea episodes. We had a two part nature episode that was really fun. Um, but I just, for some reason, recently have had a lot of really cool animal news pop up or like animal like behavioral stuff pop up. And I was like, I got to talk about these ambidols. My absolute favorite animal news is that Animal is the drummer for Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mm -hmm, Mayhem. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to get some additional Dr. Teeth content. Yes, we are. Disney Plus is Not to plug uh, something I'm not affiliated with. No, this episode is sponsored by Disney Plus. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we can add them to our newest list of sponsors. <laughs> yeah, just yep. kidding. Um, hey, before we start, can I make an announcement? By all means. Thank you. I know it's my show, but you are, you know, you're my co-host for the day. You're my co-captain. Well, listen, and all I'm doing I need today, you. I'm just, I'm the navigator. You are the pilot okay. of this ship. I am full support mode. Well, that's fair. So, 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 uh, uh, so. So most of you know this because I talk about our Patreon at the end of every episode, but one of the perks we have is a newsletter that comes out on the last day of every month, and it's really great. It's really Joe great. Can like, attest. I don't mean to interject. <laughs> I get it every month because I'm banging the host. Yeah. And um, it's fantastic. I, there hasn't been one month when I haven't read it. Yay. And there's been a whole bunch of months where like on the surface, I kind of don't care personally For sure. about what's in there, but it's genuinely awesome. Thank so you, you. guys absolutely have have to check it out you do have to check it out it's great it's full of uh upcoming horror movies and tv shows movie reviews strange news stories true crime time with lauren uh, a handful of real life spooky stories as well um and like i said and joe can attest it's pretty dope it's like a trip to costco for your paranormal weirdo brain <laughs> yeah it's like you can get your you can get your paranormal tires you can get your true crime diapers mm-hmm. you can get true your diapers you can get your weird news 167,000 pack of AAA batteries yeah you can get everything you need anything you need well march was a very special month because we featured our very first guest article from the amazing leah benj i'm sure you guys have seen her name pop up in our facebook group she participates in all of our conversations and she even helped us organize the hellier rewatch and live discussion last year 
Oh, we love Leah. Well, she wrote a short story, um, a short article on a crazy, horrific cult known as the Ant Hill Kids. Um, and guest articles was something I always wanted to do and kind of never made it happen. But it's happening now. And if there's anything you guys ever want to write a guest article about, please send us an email at keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com with the subject line guest article. We would love to feature a story from you. Put your picture and bio in the newsletter and you will get a copy of that newsletter whether you donate to the Patreon or not. Also, just a reminder, the newsletter is an email form. It is not a hard copy. I wish it was. That would be awesome. But that is expensive and there's just no way. So we want to hear from you. We want you to share your weird interests. So please don't be shy and write in. And I'll go over more parameters with you after you submit your idea. Um, okay, you know what? Let's just hop right into it. Joe, tell me your first animal Oh, I'm tidbit. getting things started. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that. I love the opportunity like to get things started on yeah. the right foot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I, I like to have fun with these, okay? That's just how I like to do it, all right? I like I like to have fun with these, all right? Yeah. Okay. So before I read the news. What's happening with your hand? I'm just, I'm just in, I'm just it's excited. Your character. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. I want to share with everybody my very punchy headline oh, love that punchy I come headlines. up with once upon a time some of you might know this some of you might not know this I used to be a freelance journalist mm-hmm. so headlines and subheaders are something I have always really enjoyed anyway that was entirely too much explanation how is the SEO for this headline oh the SEO for this is strong oh good it's, it's good, at, good, to be good. honest with you it's not because there's no numbers involved <laughs> so it's a really weak SEO fair 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 okay but if, if we're treating this like the New York Post Excellent. Excellent. The headline? Yeah. Slug in it out. Wow. Is it about slugs? Hey, you better believe it's about slugs. God damn, that's a really good headline. Alicia Marginate, specifically. How do you like that? That's Latin. Thanks, homes. Alicia. What that, that do for you? <laughs> that is a unique species of sea slug, and they do some crazy kooky shit. They oh, can I love regenerate it. their entire body. And that what? is something that we just learned this year. So here's what happens. The the heads of these young sea slugs can detach themselves from their bodies and just crawl around until a new body forms. Okay. Sort of like the thing. Why would they do that? <laughs> right? If like their body got eaten and they were just a head? Oh, I'm going to tell you. Oh. Mm, okay. So they just detach themselves from their entire body and they just crawl around like, uh, you know, a creepy little like thing. Like a slug would. Until the new body forms. So ecologists wow. who are specifically at the Nara Women's University in Japan have been studying these unique little buggers. And they just published a report on it in March of this past year, March 8th specifically. Within several hours of detaching, some of the severed heads had already begun feeding on algae. Okay. Just as heads, just as these like sentient, slithery heads, they're already like, I'm going to get a bite to eat while I'm waiting. So within three weeks, roughly a third of all the slugs in the study had grown their bodies back. What in the world? What the, what the, what the, what? So, so what, well, okay, mm-hmm. go on, you keep going. Do you want to hear more? Yeah. Because there's more. Yeah. They're hardly the only organisms on this planet capable of regeneration. What makes these guys so unique is that unlike their regenerating counterparts, these slimy bastards can also regenerate their own hearts. 
so they can totally create like they can like 3d print out of thin air yeah. a new functioning heart other sleepy slimy crawlies like flatworms ascidians they can regenerate their torso but neither organism possesses a heart to begin with oh okay so the sea slugs are in totally uncharted territory here salamanders various lizards amphibians obviously they can regenerate a tail if it's lost in a the leg, mouth of a maybe. predator or something like yeah. that but they similarly cannot regenerate anything remotely as complex as a heart, let alone a heart itself. So for these little guys, it takes several hours for the slugs to rip themselves loose from their bodies. So ecologists posit that this detachment mechanism likely doesn't have anything to do with escaping predators because it just simply takes them too long to do it. So what they think instead is that these little guys uh, get pretty rife with parasites and the heads are able to just like rip itself off the body, escape the parasites that are taking the body down and just like start over and grow a new parasite. Oh my God. Isn't that wild? There was this one study done. Um, These are wild caught sea slugs, which struck me as funny that they were specifying that they were wild caught because in my head it was like, well, the farm raised ones are definitely more delicious, but I (laughs) guess this is more ethical. So in this study of these, of course, wild raised sea slugs, the few that ditched their bodies within the study, they checked the bodies and they were rife with copepods, which are those tiny little crustacean-like parasites. Uh, And then there were others that merely detached from part of their body. And the scientists went back and looked and there were heavy concentrations of parasites around that part of the body. Uh, So they really do think that they've zeroed in on uh, exactly what it is. Yeah. So it'd be like you finding out you had, you know, a cancer. And you were just like, see you later. Bye, body. And just popped your head off off and grew another one. I'm starting over. So are they, do they know, are they... um, Immortal, immortal. Thank you. Oh, like you the immortal jellyfish. I, d- I honestly don't know. I didn't come across anything in they my research. They might not know yet. They I don't, might I think not even know. These, if they're these, immortal. Uh, this thing was just recently discovered. So wow, pretty early. They're in the uh, beta stage because they of... have a immortal jellyfish, which literally can just regenerate. Oh, kitten, don't play with right. the wires and regenerate and regenerate as many times as they need to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We have kitten problems. So uh, upon closer inspection, the researchers found that um, there's a groove on the back of the these uh, sea slugs' heads that seems to work as like the latch for removal. And uh, a ditch, yeah, which is kind of gross. It's like their release. Um, and uh, additionally, it is theorized that their regenerative abilities may largely stem from their ability to steal chloroplasts from plants. Oh. Chloroplasts are essentially um, like sunlight trapping energy factories for plants right. that help plants grow. So uh, mature adult slugs can pierce the outer walls of sea algae and sip on the contents as if it were like a tiny little green brewski. Like a spivet. Like it's a, yeah, kind of, yeah, right? <laughs> like hammering a little thing into a tree uh-huh, and drinking and fresh blub, water blub. out of it. Yeah. yeah. Spigot. What did I say? Spivot. Pivot? A, a, yeah, it's a spivot. It's a spigot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and these chloroplasts can live for weeks inside the slugs. So ecologists are thinking that these chloroplasts basically give them the energy boost they need to rip off their own heads and crawl around for a bit. Give me some of that. Seriously. I want some of those chloroplasts, man. 
get get all messed up on those. It's like, Joe, how was your weekend? Be like, oh, dude, got so fucked up on chloroplast. Chloroplast, ripped my head off, crawled around, grew a new body. It was fucking crazy, man. What'd you do? I wonder if when they like, if they have a, a, a distinguishing mark on their body of some kind, whether it be a scar or, you know, like how little. Nemo, I know it's a slug, so like how many distinguishing marks can you have? But you know how like Nemo had his tiny fin? Mm-hmm. I wonder if when they regrow their body, if that thing is still there, or if they're brand new, Didn't, like no. a like a pink baby. Yeah, I think, well, it would be, I would assume that it would be in their genetic code, so any yeah. damage done to the body after birth wouldn't be carried over. Wow. I would assume. Yeah, who knows? Uh, there's one last thing, and okay. it's for sure the grossest part. Great. So, so even go. after ripping their own heads off and rolling around all over town until their new bodies grow in, yeah. their old bodies continue to move around on their own headless for days or even weeks before they eventually turn pale and die. Ew. Yuck. Ew. Yuck. My thing is, like, how can they eat if they're just a head? They can't, like, the, it doesn't eat. Oh, how does the head eat? You mean because yeah. it doesn't have a digestive system? Yeah. It's got to have its own fucking thing, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I really that's don't. What maybe, I'm maybe it's just sipping on those chloroplasts and it's like. It's like on a liquid diet kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you could be on a liquid diet. I'm just thinking, if you were just a head, like how much would you, would eating just be a, well, no, you said the chloroplast gives them energy. Yeah. Yeah. Who who knows, man? I imagine like a ghost trying to eat a burger. I'm not answering this question. (laughs) Uh, Wow. All right. Slugs. Sea slugs, huh? Gross. Also, is there an organism on the planet? That has a name more appropriate. Slug. Slug. Sloth, maybe? Slug. <laughs> I just think the phonetics of it just really sum up what yeah. it is. I've never slug. been a huge slug fan. Who likes slugs? There's some Are there people who like yeah, slugs? of course I know the French eat snails. Yeah, of course. I've never had escargot. It's overrated. Yeah, well. People are like, oh, you got to drown it in butter. And it's like, you could drown a fucking boot in butter and it wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> yeah. Drown anything in butter, you can eat it. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, okay, so there, did it say, is this a new species they found of sea slug? Or is this a new behavior? It's that a new behavior. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, is this an evolutionary thing like did they evolve to do this well it's interesting that you ask that question because that's gonna be a pretty good segue into my next subject but we're gonna have to wait on that one because it's your turn i'm gonna talk about a little bit about evolution in mine i don't know how many times i can say this on the show or in life i love apes so much you it's safe to say that you are ape shit for apes i'm ape shit for apes but also they're terrifying but also i love them so much they're wonderful, but also they'll tear your face off. They will absolutely. I'm not wonderful. the kind of person who's like, I want a pet monkey. No. Nope. No. So in 2019, at the Luongo National Park in Gabon, there was a study done by the Auzoga Chimpanzee Project and some German researchers. They're not important enough to list. No, I'm just kidding. And some German <laughs> researchers and a community of about 45 chimps. And they were monitored closely over the course of 15 months. So initially, the study was just going to be about the relationship between chimps and how they hunted together. Okay. But that quickly shifted when they spotted 
individual chimps applying ground up insects into their own wounds and the wounds of others as medical treatment. Whoa. Joe. Chimpanzees and other species have long been known to eat certain leaves and plants that protect their guts from parasites or like calm and upset stomach or like some elephants are known to eat certain leaves to help them induce labor, Mm -hmm. which I think is cool. But this is the first time we've ever seen an animal catch specific bugs to treat specific wounds. Man, that's crazy. And they, it shows us they not only have an understanding of their food species, but also about the characteristics of other species that can help act against injuries, which is insane. Wow. Scientists still believe, obviously, that studying great apes in their natural environments is the key to understanding our own cognitive evolution. Sure. You know, and how we managed to become early man, if indeed we did evolve directly from apes or even if we were just you know distant cousins from them but speaking of evolution so this was a study that was published in 2019 as well 2019 big year for apes it was a great year for apes (laughs) it really (laughs) that was was. their big year um and i'm i can't believe no one shared this info with me because it's something that i've been i've like even referenced on the show before and little did i know i had outdated information oh really so for like 45 years there's been an important question about ape intelligence that we might have finally answered. Okay. The question being, basically, do they have an understanding of their minds and also the minds of others? Mm. It's known as the theory of mind, which means that they can attribute- It's a really creative name. I know, guys. Come on. Come up with something. (laughs) Well, especially, (laughs) especially considering the subject material. We want to know if apes are aware of their own minds and the minds of others. And we're going to call it the, the theory, theory of minds. Hmm. Great job. Maybe get some more creative Thanks, types Greg. in this lab. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, which means that they can attribute mental states to themselves and others that, and that they can also understand that others may believe different information than they do. Interesting. Like if an ape was like, this ball is red, they would never imagine that another creature would believe differently. Hmm. Like it doesn't occur to them. For all of history, literally until, I guess, 2019, the year of the ape, scientists argued that no non-human animal possessed the theory of mind. So they did an experiment. And it is a little complicated. So if you don't understand something, when I'm done, tell me and I'll, I'll try and rework all right. it for you. I'm going to close my eyes because that's how I listen real good. (laughs) They tested it on 47 apes. 29 were chimpanzees, 14 were bonobos, and 4 were orangutans. In the experiment, a human actor dressed as an ape named Kong hid an object beneath one of two identical boxes while an uncostume actor watched. Then the uncostume actor went behind a barrier... And Kong returned to the boxes and switched the object from the original box to the other and then removed the object altogether. The other actor then came back in and hovered his hand above the boxes for about six seconds before choosing one to look under uh, for the object. 
And that's not all. The barrier that the second actor leaves behind was different for 50% of the apes. Half of them were under the impression that the barrier the actor hid behind was see-through, while half of them thought it was opaque, because they'd been shown the room beforehand. But when watching the experiment, the barrier was too far away to tell which one it was, so the chimps had to use their past experiences with that barrier to guess what the human knew. For the apes who thought the barrier was opaque, as in solid, not see-through, eye-tracking software showed that they looked significantly longer at the original box even though there was nothing in either one. They treated the actor as not having seen the object's movement away from the area and the removal of it at all, therefore having a false belief that that object remained in its original location. They anticipated that the human, the actor, would look for the object there first. Mm -hmm. And then the apes who had experienced the barrier as translucent, and they knew that the second actor would have also been able to see everything that happened, everything that they watched, showed no bias at all. They didn't have any expectation that the actor would search in a particular place because the actor knew everything that they knew. Interesting. So in short, even though the apes knew the truth about where the object was hidden... They seem to understand that someone else might not know that and therefore might act on incorrect information. And this might not sound like a big deal, that's huge. but this is a huge deal. Because it's a primate that's not he- a human jumping to the conclusion that a human involved was uh, w- was fed misinformation. Yeah. That the human involved in the story was still under the impression that it was in the original location. Yeah. And that they were going to be incorrect when they made their guess. Yeah. That's incredible. It's insane. And so, like, if apes have, if they do have the theory of mind then we have to begin applying that information while researching them. It also means they're more evolved than we originally thought, and they would be the only other creature on Earth besides humans that had the theory of mind. Damn. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's awesome. That's super cool. It's so cool. I love that. Lots of stuff's been happening with apes lately. I had to like narrow it down to these two stories because I didn't want the whole episode to be about apes, even though like I could do a whole episode about apes. There was another one, and like I'm so sorry I didn't even write this information down because I was like, Ashley, easy on the apes, but I do have to tell you. <laughs> so apparently, if I said it once, I said it a thousand <laughs> times, Ashley, easy, easy on, on the, the apes. apes. Apparently, um, they're learning a lot about why women go into why women have menopause basically like what is the biological reason for a woman having to go through menopause like why don't they just stay fertile until they die Mm -hmm. and they're studying this in like whales and apes like other very evolved mammals and what they're finding is that like in those species it seems like women can almost choose to go into menopause and it's a way that they don't compete with mm. younger, more fertile, mm. more interesting, motherly sure. creatures. Sure. They're like, I'm out the game. Yeah. Whereas, it's basically, like, they are, they, they're calling a press conference and they're like, I'm retiring from the game of basketball. From the game. <laughs> I'm yeah. retiring from the game of okay. fucking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> but it would be interesting to learn that, that like women, like there's an actual biological like need for women to actually go into menopause and stop reproducing that's very so that younger more vital i don't know why older women would even want to have a baby right 
I don't know why younger women want to have I, a baby. I, I don't know why anyone nope, has to have guys. a baby. Nope. 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 Oh, there nope. he goes. He nope. crossed the line nope. in his own head, nope. folks. Cro- nope. <laughs> nope. Maybe. Nope. Maybe, maybe once, on a different show. Maybe once upon a time I could have got away with that one, but no, nope, that one. Not today. Not that in 2022. One would not play well. <laughs> Will you My- tell me later what you were going to say? Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. Thank you. My turn. Your turn. <laughs> I love when it's my turn. Oh my gosh. You're in rare form. I'm actually enjoying it. You're a pretty goofy guy today. I'm trying to be. Mm-hmm. I, everyone, listen, I got very specific instructions before the recording All I said was today. don't call me stupid and don't be really aggressive. You were like, mean. my mom doesn't like when you call me stupid on the air. Don't call me <laughs> stupid. And I was like, stop trying to change me. Um, you ready for my headline? Can I just tell the story real quick of why oh. that was? No, yeah. I just, so that people aren't like, wow, Joe calls Ashley stupid. That's mean. No, there was an episode of Ask Me Everything. We were goofing around. We were doing a bit. And Joe called me an idiot. And my mom texted me. It was like, Joe shouldn't call you. Joe shouldn't call you an idiot. <laughs> we, we were talking about peanut butter. Oh, that's right. We were talking about whether crunchy or smooth peanut butter was better and whether yeah. Skippy or Jif was yeah, better. And I was like, I like crunchy and And Jif. you like crunchy Jif and I like smooth Skippy. Yeah. So that's why I told you that you were stupid. Yeah. My mom yeah. was like, you shouldn't do that. I was like, you are literally of less intelligence. <laughs> um, do you want to hear my headline? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Manhattan. Hmm. I'll say it again. No, no, we got it. It's Manhattan. <laughs> what do you think it's about? Uh, Manhattan ants. Hey! Yeah, we did it. I'm. That's what a good. That's hey. That's what a good nickname does. Yeah. Leads you right to the point. Joey nicknames. Joey nicknames. <laughs> Joey nicks. Joey headlines. Joey nicks. Here's the thing. That's not as strong as your first one. But well, go on. Well, the good news is I didn't come up with it. Oh. So this one is actually apparently a little old, oh. ten years old. That's fine to be, but I've never heard anything about this. So here it New is. To me, Manhattan has its own breed of ant. Really? Yeah, and not only does Manhattan have its own breed of ant, but a specific part of Manhattan has its own okay breed of ant. So you heard that correctly. The Big Apple, a concrete jungle. Best known for its iconic sites. City of Lights, right? <laughs> Sin City. The Windy City. Right? <laughs> right? The, the sites. Golden Coast. Gold, the, right? Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, <laughs> all the, the sites, the smells, and just the friendliest folks you'll ever meet. For sure. They have some rare ecology news. So the next time you find yourself walking down, 60, walking down Broadway, I should say, okay. between 63rd and 76th Streets... Look down. It's that specific? Please yeah. continue. This is insane. You will likely see a species of ant that, as of yet, cannot be found anywhere else in the world. So these tiny little Upper West Side knickerbockers can also be found enjoying a bagel with locks. Okay. Browsing a local Judaica store. Love it. Or just lining up outside Lincoln Center to take in a show. These are... Nice Jewish Upper West Side ants. I live on Broadway between 63rd and 76th. We need a Bugs Life sequel, please. We really uh, do. Pixar, and please get on that. Let's get on this, please. Th- this absolutely needs to happen. So Explain uh, this. This is a real thing. I, I have to stress that again because the between 63rd and 76th Street, I was like, okay, what, 
What's going on? <laughs> there's no. Am I on the? I onion? lived there. Yeah. Not there, there, but I lived in the city. I yeah. kn- there's no. There are no geographic barriers. They specifically live like on the medians between 63rd and 76th. This is the Upper West Side of Manhattan, and it runs all along Broadway. Okay. So if you've never been to New York or if you don't know the city well, I know you hear Broadway and you think Broadway shows. That's like 25 blocks farther south. Okay. Not, not quite. From 63rd Street, it's like. 10, 12 blocks, and then and then farther south. Right. So these ants, back to the ants, right? <laughs> um, these ants, they are, uh, given that they're Upper West Side ants, they are known as the most culturally aware ants Obviously. in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm actually going to say real stuff now. Thank you. Um, so they appear to resemble their European counterparts. Okay. Kind of one of those at first glance sort of things. But so far, scientists have been unable to actually match these Manhattans with any of the 13,000 species of known ant. Interesting. Um, yeah, and just for the record, Manhattan is the name that's actually being used as a placeholder for these ants until more is known and they actually get, like, Latin name. They don't own. have a scientific name <clears throat> yet? I mean, I, you know, I didn't do, like, a day's worth of follow-up. I probably True, could have found yeah. something, but yeah. didn't see anything. So, uh, biologist Rob Dunn is heading the study. A little shout-out to Robbie. Robbie. He was uh, teaching at Columbia and uh, he noticed these little guys on break between classes at Columbia University. So, like New York City's own breeds... <laughs> the, the way you said that, though. What? Made it seem like the ants were on break. They were on break. Oh. They were okay. just studying. Yeah, for sure. They're Upper West Side ants. The importance of a good education was... No, you're right. You're ...firmly right. instilled at you're a young right. age. You're right. I shouldn't have left. Culturally speaking, they know to just do well in school. So, New York City has its own breed of mouse. They have their own breed of centipede. They have their own breed of bee. Okay. And like all of their other, you know, New York City unique breeds, it's theorized that uh, having been cut off from their kind in these little isolated patches of urban greenery, that these creatures over time have evolved in their own way at their own pace based on their immediate irons and that environs, excuse me, irons. (laughs) <laughs> and that, uh, you know, they're just kind of on their own little branch yeah. now. They're separated they, they from the rest of a, their genus. They a, a completely different ecological, biological yep. environment. How wild is that shit? Like, it makes sense when you think about it. But upon first hearing it, it's like, Ooh, why? Mm, what? So yeah. what makes these hands different? Anything? You mean like physiologically? Yeah, or behavior-wise. Or Behaviorally, like, there was no information. Physiologically, um, they have an abnormally high concentration of carbon in their body. Mm-hmm. And uh, smarter people than me suggest that uh, it suggests a diet high in corn syrup, which oh. would actually make a ton of sense given that these are ants that live on Broadway. I'm going to start singing Nights on Broadway by uh, the Bee Gees. And I'm going to start. <laughs> on Broadway. The ants on the Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Talking about pinchers. Yeah. So so listen, the next time you're in New York City, go to the Upper West Side, mm-hmm. go to Broadway, mm-hmm. grab a Diet Coke, because we know they love corn syrup, and just, you know, set up shop. Pretty soon you're going to have uh, some adorable little yarmulke wearing Jew ants <laughs> that you can break bread with on your picnic in wow. Central Park. Next time we go to New York City, and by next time, I mean the first time I Your ever go first to New York time. City. Crazy. Um, I know, that's nuts. We should grab a handful of ants to bring back. Let's do it. 
And we'll inspect and we'll them like, on our own. It'll be it'll be like son-in-law when we throw them in the backyard. Yeah, we'll bring them back out here to Illinois to the country. To the country. Turn like, them into a little country and see how long it takes for them to start wearing Carhartt. <laughs> how long did it take you? Two weeks? Well, the weird thing is Carhartt's like trendy <coughs> now. Is it really? Which is fucking crazy, man. I see wow. all that Carhartt shit. You and tell I just, me my dad's a trendsetter? You, you literally half of your... Your dad <laughs> can't afford Carhartt anymore. Talk to your dad about Carhartt. And really? he'll, he'll be like, mm, God, fucking Carhartt. Fucking 75 fucking dollars for a goddamn wow, that's a really good impression of my father, yeah. actually. It's scary. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like actually trendy now. All the all the hipsters in Brooklyn are wearing Carhartt. Damn. It's fucking hilarious. Well, you know what? Carhartt makes a good product, so I yeah, don't they do. Them. But I mean, like when you when you when you live in a when you but live in a four hundred and fifty square foot fourth floor walk up apartment in yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, what do you like, need Carhartt for? Yeah, I don't think you really need to worry about like making your way through the dense thicket in your field jacket. You, don't you know, know. <laughs> you know what I mean. New York is a jungle, baby. Ooh, tell <laughs> me about it. Hey, your turn. <laughs> tell me some cool animal stuff. Okay, okay. Did you know that wolves? Raised in captivity, can't understand humans like dogs can? Really? There's still a divide. There's still a major divide. You know, even chimpanzees who run circles around dogs in terms of intelligence struggle with understanding communicative gestures from human beings. Because they're not so many generations over domesticated? Yeah. Cool. So scientists believe it's because of a theory known as the domestication hypothesis. The idea being... That in dogs, the ability to comprehend human gestures and just people in general Mm -hmm. uh, is an evolved inherent trait rather than something learned by individual animals as they mature. That's pretty cool. So even when wolves are raised in a person's home, they struggle to hear things in people's voices. They don't get pointing. They don't respond as well to commands, etc. Because they don't have that, that genetic... Yeah. Code. Yeah. And this just, it's further proof that our DNA, or at least the DNA of mammals, holds onto memory. We know that generations of crows can retain knowledge from each other. We know that generations of elephants can retain knowledge from each other. And I just think it's interesting to look at animal species when trying to learn more about our own generational traumas, anxieties, weird shit. Like, if a dog can evolve to be better at communicating with humans because of its lineage of experience with humans, then why is it any different that, it, like, I can have weird anxieties passed on from my ancestors right. that I don't understand? Right. So that is one of the reasons dogs are so good at learning commands, empathizing with people. That's why you can, they're, they're the perfect service animal, which is why sometimes when people are like, this is my service swan. I'm like, no. Um, no, <laughs> You it's know not. a lot of people with service swans? <laughs> I see dumb shit like that all the time. Oh, I know. People are like, this is my service peacock. And I'm like, like, no, great. it's not. Great. Good for you. I hope that service peacock services you to death. nose off. <laughs> Because you're intolerable. You're an idiot. <laughs> no. No, you can have service animals. But uh, looking into this, they also believe, and this isn't like, you know, no doy, but also when you think about it, it's better to start breeding dogs based on behavioral traits we like. For example, breeding comfort and support animals. Because inbreeding has obviously caused 
so much damage, as we can clearly see in breeds like pugs and chihuahuas. And the British royal family. The royal family. Um, But even in other breeds, apparently the cost of animal care has skyrocketed and continues to skyrocket because of the diseases and conditions they all have. Like even mutts at this point, because of, you know, what they were however many generations before having like liver problems and like ankle problems. Good luck getting major medical insurance, Fido. Yeah. They're talking about how like future breeding of dogs should be less about the look of the dog and more about the traits that we want to see in a dog. And we could get like super smart fucking dogs. Mm, Slippery slope. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. Want I don't want. I don't want my dogs too smart. True. Plus, nothing's better than a dumb dog. Dumb dogs are but great. But you know how, like, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this. With a dog, you can go look over there, and they'll look. Oh yeah. But with a cat, you'd be like, look, and they just with look a cat, at you. you can be like, penny, 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 and she won't turn around and look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just because she's a jerk, oh, and I, I will get to that. But it's your turn again. Hey, it it's, is your face just lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, you love it when it's your turn. Well, I'm definitely I'm so happy uh, for you. Definitely a Type A personality. Sperm whales in the Caribbean apparently have accents, and if what? it were 1995, I'd probably do an impression right now. But it's 2022. Yeah, but accents. So I'm just going to move accent. on to the next subject. Okay. <laughs> but I just like that headline. Sperm whales in the Caribbean have accents. That was your headline? That's it. And that's the story. That's so basic of you. It's over. It's done. You had Manhattan. I was like, what a great idea. Slugging around. Well, I didn't even try because I I was like, ooh, that's a good story. And then I was like, "Mm, I'm going to skip that one. But I wanted to include it because, boy, it's funny. (laughs) So just everybody think about that one at your own pace, on your own time, in your own homes and have a good chuckle and nobody has to get in trouble. That was it. Yep, that's it. And you're moving on. Nope, I'm literally moving on. I don't know anything about them. I couldn't tell you a thing about it because I stopped reading because I was like, that's a honeypot. That's a trap right there. You're not going to get me to do a Caribbean whale accent, internet. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. 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 Nope. Nope. Nice try. Nice try. Maybe 10 years ago. 18 Gombiari. Nope. Nope. Not happening. Do you know what the title for this one is? No. Bloody disgusting. (laughs) And that's a dialect. Yeah. There's an accent. Well, you know what? Okay, why? As soon as somebody from Liverpool writes in and has a problem with me doing doing that accent. Okay, bloody disgusting. Bloody disgusting. Guess what we're talking about? Uh, Bats. Nope. North American desert horned lizards. They're going to say, nope. And they're awesome. North American desert horned bats. We're talking about (laughs) North American desert horned people they're terrifying they're the scariest people in the world they all smell like gasoline every single one of them no joke desert desert people have a way and appalachian people appalachian people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no thank you them desert folk those are folks you don't want to mess with spent too long in the dust in the sun Mm -hmm. got those wind-blown faces anyway north american desert horned lizards they are so cool they live in a terrifying Are world, they? though. Wow. When you're a North American horned lizard, the world is a dangerous place. First of all, you are at most four inches long. Oh, it's so tiny. You're a little boy. Second of all, 
you're eaten by coyotes. You're eaten by hawks. You're eaten by roadrunners. Meet me. You're eaten by snakes. You're even eaten by other lizards. Damn. That's terrible, That's isn't it? a hard-knock life. Isn't that awful? And all of those animals happen to find horned lizards delicious. Yeah. It's not even mm-hmm. like they just eat them. It's like they will seek them out. So given their hostile environs, their small size, these horny little bastards have developed an unusual but effective method of scaring off would-be predators. What do you think they do? Spit blood. No, but close. Bleed their own blood. Yes, but from where? (laughs) Eyes. They shoot streams of blood out of their eyes. Uh, I was so close. I said spit blood. Yeah, and then you said out of their eyes. And I said out of their eyes. You get honorable mention. I absorb that. By being near you. Through osmosis. Yeah, through osmosis. I touched your elbow and I sent you the information through touch. Um, So if that's not uh, the most terrifying shit you've ever heard, that'll do the trick, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. If I was like, "Mm, that chicken looks good, and it was like, wink, and it was like... If I was ever like at school as a kid, and I was never a bully ever, but if I was ever a bully and I was trying to beat up some kid and take their lunch money and they shot a stream of blood out of their eyes, I would probably climb the flagpole until my mom came to pick me up after school. Yeah, it would be like that scene in Tremors where that guy dies up there. They're like, why didn't he just come down? Why did he die of dehydration up there? It's like, oh, because it's better than being eaten alive by a graboid. That's why. (laughs) God, I love that movie. It's a really good movie. So here's how it works. Okay. So the lizard has two constricting muscles that line the major veins around the eye. Now, the lizard is able to contract these muscles, which cuts off blood flow to the heart, but still enables blood flow to the head. So this floods the ocular sinuses with blood, and it builds pressure, causes the eyeballs to bulge. Ugh. And bulge Ugh. and bulge. And the pressure just builds and builds and builds until the lizard inevitably senses danger, at which point it further contracts the muscles, but this time it does it in a rapid manner, which ruptures these thin sinus membranes. And the result is a stream of blood blasted straight out of the eye hole, which is capable of traveling up to four feet. So to put this to scale, that's the equivalent of me being able to shoot a stream of blood 60 feet from my eyeballs. I carumba. (laughs) Am I right or am I right? You're such a dweeb. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do that the next time you're like, hey, so uh, the next time you want to talk to me about this. Don't, I'm just going to go, oh, and I'm just going <laughs> to shoot streams of blood out of my eyes at you until you stop. Well, uh, and you can do it to me the next time I'm like, hey, babe. So last night in the Bruins game, Brad Marchand, you could just go, oh, <laughs> and you can just blast a bunch of blood and just pin me to a wall with your eye blood. Yeah. No, I'll work on that. I'm just wondering, like, how did this? I mean, I know how biology works i I know it just like knows that it can do it just like i know i can jump up in the air and go yay but like how 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 is it like you know what if i just bulge my eyes out (laughs) yeah right a whole bunch and then go i can squirt blood out i can i can shoot a a torrent of blood out of my eyeballs and here's what's crazy they're not limited to just like one blast of blood they can send several of these in a row. Damn. 
So it's, they're like fully semi-automatic in case you had images of like a revolutionary war soldier like shooting a little... His musket. And then like, and like oh shit, I got to pour the powder out of my horn. I got to pack it in there. And nope. No. Nope. This little guy can pow, 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 pow. He wow. can glack, 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 glack. He can fire off a couple quick ones and then pew, run for cover. Pew. Yeah, That's exactly. crazy. So here's uh, another cool little thing about these guys. They use the same mechanism to clean debris from their eyes, like sand or, you know, muck or animal parts or whatever the hell gets in a horned lizard's eyeball. And they're able to do so so effectively that uh, there are companies who are doing research to figure out um, if they can use what the lizard does like mechanically speaking to come up with innovative solutions for troubleshooting how to clean industrial equipment on the fly without having to shut the like shut the machine or operations down to provide maintenance like some kind of like self-cleaning device to clean debris from a pump or some similar mechanism, pumps and filters kind of thing, so that the pump and the filters can kind of self-regulate and clean themselves on the fly. Wow. Yeah. And they're using the North American horned lizard kind of as a tangential, how does this work and how can we get engineers to try to reverse engineer this and make machines out of it? Great. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) They've also, uh, the government has looked at beetles and their exoskeletons when they've been designing things like armor. It's pretty awesome. Body armor. Yeah. Because of how insane a beetle's armor is comparatively to their body. Yeah. Wild. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool. Wasn't Velcro, wasn't that, that was based on like the little. Philip Corso? Oh, never mind. What? I was about to go into some conspiracy theory stuff. Wrong episode, everybody. Sorry about that. I thought you were going to talk about like Kevlar and Velcro as being evidence of extraterrestrial. I was going to talk about, no, the person who designed Velcro literally designed it after those little like burrs that get stuck in your socks and shit. Uh, And the way that they hook, hook, yeah, yeah, the curve of their little spindles. Mm. Hey, what do you have for me? Well, so I have a couple shorties and I know you have a couple shorties, yeah. so I figure we can go shorty, 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 shorty. What's up, shorty? Okay. So I have this one specifically for you. Okay. Specifically for me? Yeah. This is a Handsome Joe original? Well, it's it's for us as two cat parents. All right, lay it on me. Cats, no object permanence. So object permanence, for anyone who doesn't know, is knowing that something continues to exist even if it's out of sight. That's called object permanence. And studying whether or not an animal knows it can measure animal intelligence. Chimpanzees, gorillas, orangutans, bears, dogs, and now cats are known to have object permanence. So so cats have extremely fantastic hearing and are capable of finding hidden prey under conditions of low visibility. We know that. Well, now they've done studies and proved that cats hear the sound of their owner's voices and expect to see the owner's face. And because their hearing is so great, it's also been shown that cats can create, not can, cats do create a mental map in their brain of their homes and their surroundings, and they know which room their human is in based on where their voice is coming from. So like if you played a recording of one of our voices outside of the house, the cats would probably go to the windows to find us. Or if you played a recording of one of our voices from a machine, they would get confused. And this I know is true because sometimes when I'm editing sound and it's Joe's voice and he isn't home, both cats are like, 
what? And they look around for you because they're like, dad's voice, right. where dad? Da- dad's bringing home the bacon. That's where dad is. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is all to say that when we call Penny's name from the kitchen and she stays in the closet, she's 100% ignoring us. And that has been confirmed by science. So Penny is a jerk she's as confirmed by science. Jerk. I didn't need scientists to tell me my cat's a jerk. I know, but sometimes I'm like, since we moved in this new house, I'm like, maybe she can't hear me when I'm calling her she name. Hears no, she you. 1000% hears me and chooses to ignore She's me. She's so smart. I know. That little bitch. Little bitch. <laughs> I love her so much. Quick hit. Quick hit. Quick hit. So I was thinking About- at one time or another, we have all probably shared with a friend or a family member. Or a stranger, for that matter, that, you know, a group of crows is called a murder. Yeah, I love it. Right? That's a good example. So I started thinking, Another like, reason to love crows. Right? Because they're called a murder. Because they're called a murder. Because if there's a bunch rub. of them, that's a mob. So I thought, like, oh, I wonder, what are some other groups of animals mm, called? Like you a know? pack. Yeah, like a pack or something like that, you know? First of all, like murder, way cooler classification than flock or even squabble, which is what a group of seagulls is actually called a flock of seagulls. It's called a squabble? It's called a squabble. Well, squabble does sound like a fight of some kind. Yeah. And usually seagulls are just sitting around next to each other on the beach. Well, I think that new wave bands from Liverpool should do their due diligence and should use scientifically correct terminology. Next time someone tells me or asks me, like, do you like flock of seagulls? I'm going to be like, you mean squabble? Be seagulls. like, I don't, but I like squabble of seagulls, you <laughs> fucking illiterate. Yep. So I thought, what are some other cool ones? Please hit me with them. Do you know what a group of rhinos are called? Mm, scary. A crash. That makes sense. Doesn't it? Most yeah. of these are kind of literal, which yeah. I appreciate. Oh, okay, good. Maybe and I then some of them, some. it's like, all right, you guys got lazy with that one. A uh, group of rhin- rhinoceri, uh-huh. that's a crash. A group of owls, you know what they're called? A hoot. A parliament. Okay. Nope. Don't get so that. So they were named in the UK. <laughs> yeah. uh, a group of ferrets. Do you know? Do we know what they're called? Uh, insane. A business. A business. A business of ferrets. <laughs> so I come home from work on Friday. I work my ass off, sixty hours. Don't get paid time and a half because my union reps out doing God knows what. I come home. I got a parliament of owls in one room, (laughs) all right? I got a crash of rhinos in another. I go to hide in the bathroom. There's a whole business of ferrets in there. Isn't that fun? Yeah, I like business. I like business of ferrets. Do you know what a group of ravens are called? Ravens. Oh, oh, I just learned this. What are they called? They're called an unkindness. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) I did because we were watching the TV show From and they said it in that show. An unkindness, which is funny, isn't it? An unkindness? Yeah, it's kind of mean. Like, really? Yeah. I feel like once upon a time, a single raven was passive aggressive or like a little thoughtless. Yeah. And some overly sensitive preservationist that like the Audubon Society was like, I'll show them. We're going to call them an unkindness. You're going to stand me up for a date? <laughs> Ever since. The crows are like, oh, come on, man. Come on. Well, guess Ravens. What? Yeah. Sorry. Ravens. Yeah. G- guess what, Miss Raven? You and your gal pals are officially an unkindness. Wow. Good day to you. <laughs> I said good day. Good. I said good day. Unkindness. Wow. A couple more quick ones. You ready? Yeah. Group of buffalo. You know what they're called? Uh, Bills. Just a gang. Just a gang. Just a gang of buffalo. Just a gang of them. Elephants. Tusks. Parade. 
<gasps> oh, I knew that. Isn't that fun? I knew that uh, because I believe they reference it in the Jungle Book. Oh, you should have answered with it then. Okay. I award you zero points. You know what frogs are called? A ribbit. An army. Ugh. Which is lame, isn't it? Yeah, and also like, just like got... makes me dislike frogs more. I really don't like frogs. Rhinos. They creep it me was out. Like, crash. It's like owls. Parliament, because they look inquisitive and like they'd argue all night long. Yeah. And then it's like frogs, and people are like, no, I don't like frogs. Just call them an army. <laughs> Giraffes. This one's very literal. Next. Mm, pretty good. Tower. Tower. A tower of A giraffe. A tower of giraffe. Two more. Okay. Jaguars. Jaguars. Uh, f- scary again. <laughs> yeah, scary again. You got it. No, a shadow. Oh, a shadow shit. of jaguar. A shadow. That's scary, isn't it? Do jaguars hunt together? Well, first of all, you have to say jaguar. Jaguar. Thank you. Do the they jaguar. hunt together? I don't know. Okay. They look like solitary hunters, though. No, me too. Jungle thicket, right? They're jungle animals, which would lead me to believe that it is not a pack animal because right. it's hard to be a pack animal in a jungle. Yeah. So I would say they're solitary hunters if mm-hmm. I had to guess. Do you want to look it up so I can feel real smart on air? Yeah. Look it sure. up. Okay. And while you look it up, I'm going to share the last one with you. And okay. it's maybe my favorite. Do you know what a group of parrots are called? Party. Close. Damn. Uh, I'm going to give you a celebration. You, you get two more guesses. Okay. Celebration is also close. Damn. So real quick, I'm going to give you two more guesses. Okay. It is pretty literal. Okay. And there is also alliteration involved. Parrot party. A parrot. It's not parade. We already did that one. Parrot. P-A. Party. I already said it. God damn it. No. What is it? It's a pandemonium. <laughs> a pandemonium I mean, I of guess. parrots. How fun is that? Do we have an answer? Jaguars? Jaguars are solitary animals and live and hunt alone except mm, mm, during mm, mating mm, season. Mm, 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 mm. You can't see it, but I'm, I'm humping humps, the air right little now. Little tiny humps. I'm doing little like <laughs> fingers interlocked behind my head, ravishing Rick Rude air humps right now because I'm feeling it. I have one. It's some cool bug news. Love bug news. Normally Hate we bugs. don't love bug news because bugs, bugs are gross. Love bug news. This one's pretty cool for humans at least. And Earth, I guess. So bugs and microbes in oceans and soils across the globe are evolving to eat plastic. Thank God. This is something actually now that I think about it that Caitlin D mentioned in her episode last year. Caitlin D. I believe it was the greatest disco tech in the universe, season five, episode 15. So yeah, samples were taken from 169 locations. Nice. Nice. (laughs) From 38 countries and 11 different habitats. And these samples contained 18,000 plastic degrading enzymes, suggesting that these enzymes are being produced majorly by microbes that live in those habitats. Nearly 60% of the new enzymes didn't fit into any known enzyme class, suggesting these molecules are degrading plastics in ways that were previously unknown. Thank God, please. And it's likely Help. that because of the explosion of plastic production in the past 70 years, these creatures have evolved to produce these specific enzymes. 
if there, I mean, it's it's about to be one of the most abundant food sources on the planet. <laughs> so, if, so if why humans, not evolve if to humans eat it? can learn how to ingest and digest plastic, we'll be pretty well off too. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, that was awesome. Life. Uh, this was fun. Finds a way. Oh no, I have one away. more. Oh, all right. Well, I thought you meant is that it about the plastic? Well, you're gonna have to tell an empty chair because you told me that that was it, and <laughs> I made my mind up. And I already moved you're on. You're gonna mentally. really like this one. So, this you're gonna really la, like this one. La, la, la. Okay, tell me. I sp- I picked it because of our affinity for this animal. Mm. Last one. Okay. You know how mantis shrimp have the strongest punch in history, in the history of punches, and they can punch like the claw. Is of it the a strongest crab? punch or is it the fastest? It's punch? the fastest. It's the fastest punch. But yeah. It also is. I I believe yes, velocity, the strongest. Yeah, velocity, inertia, force. Yeah. I had physics. Thank you. <laughs> I had physics. I had physics. It's really fun to watch in nature shows as well, and they never show you enough punches. Uh, but I just want to let you know that baby mantis shrimp start practicing their punches at nine days old. Oh, uh, boy. They practice their whole punches. Oh. And uh, when they're nine days old, they're basically just like an eyeball and a tail, and they're so small. But yeah, they start practicing that little punch. punch and punch. actually, it's pretty cool because these little buggers are basically transparent at this age. And researchers are now studying them more because they're able to watch how the muscles behave cool. during the punches, which is something we knew how they did the punch. It has something to do with like a latch that holds back and is released, and mm. that's how they can get that crazy punch. So we knew how he did it because we looked at CT scans and surgical dissections of the creatures after they had died, but yep. we were never able to see it in action. So now that we know that before they even grow, they're like exoskeleton and they're transparent, we can watch it happen. Because they're practicing. Because they're, they're like, they're in the gym, like pop, pop, hitting like, the heavy bag, just working on their fundamentals. Yeah. Working on their footwork. Isn't their, that yeah. cute? Yeah, that's adorable. Nine days old. And also, punching. uh, for anybody who ever said that violence never solved anything, tell that to a mantis shrimp. Tell that to a mantis shrimp. Because homie would the be dead in about 0.3 in the world. seconds without it. Yeah, I'd eat him. Probably. Yeah, I would. I love shrimps. Not if he's going to punch my head off. Not if he's going to punch my brains out. Right. I don't want nothing to do with that mantis shrimp. Joey, I had so much fun talking about animals today. Did you really? Yeah, I did. All right, because I got big shoes to fill. Everybody loves Lauren, you know. Everybody I know. I know. Everybody. I know people Lauren. like me. I know. I know people like me, but you know, I'm not the I'm not the normal host. Lauren's fine, by the way. Her family's visiting. Her mom and dad are in town because Wilder just turned three, so her parents came to visit. So Joey and I sat down to record an episode for y'all. Joe was kind enough to take time out of his schedule to do some that's research. my birthday present to you wilder i gave you a mom today congratulations <laughs> yeah, your mom didn't have to come you're welcome i gave you a mother today but that is all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you so much for tuning in and hanging with us thank you joey for coming on the show oh it's been a pleasure I love this fun side of you. Me too. You did get angry a couple times. I was watching the meter rise on your your volume, and I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." It's getting. Who knows? Who remembers at this point? When I'm editing, I'll I'll mark on the time times. I'll be like, I'll be like thirty minutes and forty seconds. Joe got angry here. (laughs) All right. I know you tried. You tried though. Tried so hard. Be so silly. Tried so hard this time. Lauren and I are recording a listener ghost stories episode this week, and hopefully that is the next episode that comes out, but for anyone who doesn't know, those episodes take about mm, three times the amount of time to edit, 
And now that I work full time, it's going to be a challenge, but it is in the works and hopefully it's the next thing you get to hear. Please consider donating to our show on our Patreon. This is how we are able to continue producing this show every week and providing you with free content. And if you donate, you get perks. Two to three bonus episodes every month. One with myself and Amy Hanselman. One with Lauren and her sister Julia. And Ask Me Everything with Joe and I will be featured there as well. How much do you love Ask Me Everything? So much. You'll also get the newsletter that I mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, discount codes you can use on merch, and shoutouts on the show. So please head to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast and consider donating $1, $5, or $10 a month. You can also support us by getting yourself some merch and wearing it proudly every single day. But maybe wash it, because I don't know if a bunch of dirty people walking around is the best ad. Head over to www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch to see what we've got and get yourself a shirt, tank, hoodie, baseball tee, blanket, phone case, pillow cover, whatever your weird heart desires in over seven different designs. Man, that's a lot of cool stuff. And as usual, follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast to keep up with what we're doing, upcoming episodes, and participating in conversations we have online. Joey, what's our sign-off this week? Well, in honor of animal <laughs> that's weird was that an animal voice it was, pretty, it was a pretty lackluster pretty one weak. you'll notice i didn't even attempt it no because it's hard it's not like it was a you know ah! <laughs> keep it weird keep it weird bye everybody bye If I said it once, I said it a thousand <laughs> times, Ashley. Easy, Easy on, on the, the apes. apes.